Well, hello, and welcome once again to the kitchen table. This is Arctic Eric, and you have found Fika with Arctic Eric. Fika, freedom in Christ always, comes from Galatians chapter 5. Verse 1. Okay, today I want to chat with you here at the kitchen table. And by the way, I appreciate you being here with me at the kitchen table. I know that you have other things you could be doing, but you have chosen to sit here at the kitchen table with me. And I really appreciate it. Okay, let's look at grace empowered leadership. That's right. Leadership that is empowered by God's truly amazing, sustaining, transforming grace. I'll make a simple introductory sentence here. Grace-empowered leadership comes from a grace-empowered life. Think about that now. If we want to be empowered by grace for leadership or for any other particular thing that God has called us into, then it is necessary that it flow from a life that is empowered by God's truly amazing, sustaining, transforming grace. Now, we know that we follow him, Jesus, and that he is the one who is filled with grace, grace upon grace. And as a grace-empowered leader, we are going to, through God's amazing grace, help others to do the same thing by our example. You see, this grace understanding isn't only taught, but actually it's caught. That's right. It's something that, that gets a hold of you because you are seeking him continually, he who is filled with grace. Others then will follow your example of the grace-empowered life. So then mentoring or discipling or leading is done by example. Now, that isn't necessarily how it's done in the business world, but God's kingdom is his kingdom. It's the kingdom of his dear son, and in his kingdom, it is the king, Jesus Christ, the one who is filled with grace, who does that sustaining, empowering work. Let's think about grace. Let's think about it as uh, in four different graces, if you will. The first thing is that grace that called you, that grace that goes ahead of you capitulating, surrendering, and receiving Christ as Lord, this calling grace. That's right. If you're a Christian, it's because he called you and you responded. And that response is what we can call the justifying or saving grace. You're saved by grace through faith and not by works, and that's the same way we live our life in Christ Jesus. The very same way. Through grace, by faith. And then we'll skip over number three for a minute. The third one is this final grace, this concluding at the end of this life grace, the grace that took us all the way. But, you know, there's something in between that saving grace and that final conclu concluding grace. And it's what I call grace for the believer. And as a leader, as someone who desires to be empowered by God's grace for the benefit of others, that's right, for the benefit of others, then we need to understand 
and we need the Holy Spirit to make real for us this, what I call, grace for the believer, also known as a sanctifying grace. And what is it? Let me define it for you. Based on, on my research, uh, I guess it was about 20 years ago I really began to dig into grace, but grace was working in me long before that. In fact, I celebrate 45 years with Jesus uh, this summer. Anyway, grace for you if you're a believer, if you're trusting Christ alone, not trusting an organization or a set of creeds or a set of principles, but trusting in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, then available for you is this grace. Grace which is God's ability, God's power, and God's strength to do to work, and to complete everything he begins. Now notice the focus is on God, not your ability, not your power, and not your strength. Your part is to be willing that his good will, that his ability, power, and strength fill you to overflowing to the benefit of others. And God desires to do and to work and to complete those things which he begins. Not our good ideas, but God's plans and purposes. Things that he has decided before the foundation of the earth that we should walk in them with his son. If we'll walk in the light as Christ is in the light, then his blood, Christ's blood, will cleanse us and keep us on the path. It's about Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15.10, let's look here. It says, By the grace of God, Paul is writing, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not found to be for nothing. God's grace toward Paul was not fruitless or without effect. And you know, we want God's grace toward us, toward you and toward me, to not be fruitless, to not be without effect, but rather that it bear fruit, that it manifest itself in God doing the work and completing what he began. Paul says, in fact, I worked harder than all the other apostles. But you know, you need to understand it wasn't really me, says Paul. No, like Jesus said, the works that I do, I'm not the one who does them. The Father in me, he does his work. Paul says, the grace of God which was with me did these remarkable things. What was Paul's part? What is your part as a leader? To follow Jesus willingly, that your will is set, that his good will be done, that his grace, ability, power, strength, that he do and work and complete. That's the walk of faith, trusting Jesus, the one who is filled with grace, and receiving that grace continually, not just the grace that puts you in the race, and not just the grace at the conclusion of the, of the race, but God's sustaining, transforming grace for you day by day by day. And now the thought often comes, but, but how do I do it? Listen, God wants to do it. 
We spend time in the scripture. We're looking for Jesus, the one who's filled with grace, what he does and what he desires to do. And we capitulate from our three best friends, selfishness, me, myself, and I. And we say, Lord, let your good will be done in my life. Let your will as revealed in scripture be done not only in me and for me, but through me. Lord, I'm here as a leader. I'm here for others to serve others. Help us, Lord, that that'll be real. So let me say it again. Grace for you as a believer. It's God's ability, God's power, and God's strength to do, to work, and to complete everything he begins. Continuing here in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 15, verse 10 from the uh, New Living. But whatever I am now, it's all because God poured out his favor on me and not without results. For I've worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but it was God who was working through me by his grace. You say, well, Eric, what am I to do? Well, you're to live a life of surrender, of capitulation, a life of Jesus. You are in fact my Lord not just my declared Lord, but you are the Lord who is ruling and reigning in and through my life. As I said, we look at Jesus' example. He said, I can't do it on my own. Listen, we can do, and Jesus could have done a lot of things, quote, on his own, but things that are eternal, things which make a difference for eternity, we cannot do them. That is the work of the eternal father and his eternal son in whom is eternal life. He, Christ, is the eternal life. And he's the one that we as leaders follow. And we help others to do the same. We follow him by grace. We acknowledge, I can't do anything of eternal value apart from what you do, God. And Lord, I can do what I see you do, Father, when I see Jesus works in the Gospels. Jesus said, listen, when you see me, you've seen the Father. And to remind us all that Jesus declared, and we do also, it's the Father in me. He does his works. He does the works. It's a life of trusting him to be and do what he said he would do in accordance with Scripture. Our part is to be obedient and willing to our King, Jesus. Paul goes on to write to the Galatian church in chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Listen, that's a decision we make daily. He wrote that he dies daily. He reckons himself as a dead man. We have to make that decision freely and willingly every morning throughout the day. Not my will, not my life, but your life. You bought me. You own me. You bought me with your blood, Jesus. 
You love me and gave yourself for me. So I don't want the grace of God to be set aside in my life. I don't want to stop with saving grace and jump over to living and doing my own thing, hoping that that concluding grace will will somehow do what I'm trusting it to do, but know that, Jesus, I want to live in this now sanctifying grace for me as a believer. But that's a decision you make, thought by thought and moment by moment. In 2 Corinthians, going back there to chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Working together with him, we strongly urge you, this is you and me and everyone who wants to be a leader and a worker, Don't receive God's grace in vain. Don't let it become an empty thing by turning away from sound doctrine and his merciful kindness. What is sound doctrine? It's the Bible, what the Bible clearly proclaims about Christ, God's Son, what Christ has done on that cross, what he desires to do in the future, and most importantly, what he desires to do in accordance with God's plan for your life today. Not only for your life, but through your life for others. Let's remember here that there is a battle Absolutely. It's between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and your three best friends, me, myself, and I. What do I mean? Well, Paul writes in chapter 3 of Galatians, you foolish Galatians, you foolish believers, you foolish listeners here at the kitchen table, who's tricked you? Who's fooled you? Who has bewitched you? before whose very eyes Christ was clearly shown as crucified. Listen, I just want to know this one thing from you, Paul writes to the Galatians. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? You know, that's important for you to decide today. How did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive it because of works or the works of man or the works of an organization? Or did you receive, personally receive, by believing the gospel, the good news, trusting Christ alone? Verse 3, he says, are you so foolish? Let's not be foolish. After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Your own power, your own ability, your own strength, is that how you're going to finish this race? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So I ask again, does God give you his spirit and work miracles by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Listen, faith comes. It'll come to you. It'll come to anyone who listens to the word of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes as the word of Christ is heard, as it's listened to, as it's received and as we willingly say yes and capitulate to it. One verse that I really like in this context is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to live your lives in him. And how did you receive him? Well, what does Paul say about that? He says in Ephesians 2, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. That's how you live the life continually with Jesus. 
by grace through faith. It's not about you. It's not about yourself. It's not about your intellect, education, power, strength, ability. No, it is a gift of God which is to be received continually, not just initially. Don't stop with the initial salvation moment. That's like getting married and leaving your wife at the altar. Because it's not by works. No one can boast. It's not by works at the kitchen table or anywhere else. Romans 5. I know this is going a bit long. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified, notice that, past tense, have been justified, that's that saving grace. You've been called, and then you've received, so you have been justified. What does that mean? Justification means you're acquitted of sin. You're declared blameless before God by faith. So let's, let's let this get a hold of us and let us get a hold of it. You have peace with God. God is no longer just the God who created you, but he is your heavenly father. He is your spiritual father. You are his child through the new birth. And you not only have peace with him, but this joy, the joy of our salvation, the joy of being reconciled to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, Jesus Verse 2, this is important. We also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. You know, verse 1 is, is necessary, but how many people kind of stop there and they, they focus on having been justified by faith and they don't move on into the grace race? They don't move on by, 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 through faith, grasping this remarkable grace and allowing it to become a part of their life daily, trusting Christ, the one who's filled with grace, to pour out his power, strength, and ability continually, that they will continually rejoice in hope and an assurance of experiencing the glory of God. Oh, it's for you and it's for me. This grace for the believer, it's not about you. It's about the one who is filled with grace, which is God's ability, power, and strength. God has great things he wants to do through you and for you, great things he wants to work in you, the transformation, and to see others transformed as they follow your example of depending upon God's amazing, sustaining, transforming grace. People will follow a leader who's following Christ so that at the right time, they themselves can follow they themselves can teach. They themselves can be channels of God's amazing love into the lives of other people. You know, we're called alongside as a leader. We follow Christ at together. It isn't that they're following us as a leader. No, they're following an example, and Christ is that example. He, again, is the one who's filled with grace. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld its glory. The glory as of the only begotten Father, whoops, now, woohoo, full of grace and truth. Listen, Jesus is filled, full, overflowing with grace and truth. 
John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This is the one of whom I said, and of his fullness we have all received for grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Listen, it doesn't take faith to be a law keeper. It just takes a determined will. But to live by grace through faith requires God's amazing grace. To receive the person of Christ, the one who is filled with grace. The spirit of grace as referred to in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29. So may God help us today to follow him and by example walk with others, mentoring, discipling, and leading by example. Well, listen, I say again, as I've said before, thank you for being here with me at the kitchen table. I pray God's absolute best for you today, and the best that I know is that his good, perfect, and acceptable will be done for you and through you today. Good day. <music>